Welcome to a special edition of Eye on Princeton. I'm Mitchell Chase, your host. Thank you so much for giving up your time to listen to the program. Doing a special series about fathers. And we spoke to several in the local area here within the city of Princeton, but decided to open it up and uh, talking to some other dads, not necessarily in Texas, but around the country. And with us right now is Bill. He is a father of two, daughter is 38, and a son that's 25. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, Mitchell, thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity to, to discuss, you know, being a dad with you. I'd like to open with this to find out where in raising your children, maybe it's been different places, but where do you or where have you gotten your inspiration or where you go to like recharge to do your fathering duties? Inspiration, you know, it, it's kind of odd because we kind of are a product of our environment. And we, we learn what we see and, you know, some parents teach you what to do and some teach you what not to do. And I had some examples growing up of, a, of from my father and some were good and some not so good. So I learned some valuable lessons, but I also learned uh, maybe some direction I didn't want to take. And uh, currently what I do and where I get my inspiration in is I'm uh, attached to a great group of men who try to live among spiritual principles. And uh, that's very helpful when it comes to being a father. Well, so far, there's been a common denominator, and that is uh, spirituality. There's spiritual aspects that are very important to the raising of children. We were just talking before you went on the air, and your son, who's 25, he has moved out and, well, he's living on down the road. Talk about how that evolved. I can tell you first and foremost that my wife would say my son, his name is William as well, and uh, he'll actually be 25 on July 13th. and. Uh, my wife will say, basically, he's our miracle child. Um, my wife and I had five miscarriages prior to my son being born. And my wife never thought she was going to be able to carry a child full term. And then, uh, lo and behold, God, God saw fit to, you know, give us a child. And wow. uh, it was basically a, a miracle. And, and something really uh, amazing happened when he was about five. You know, he came to me and said, Dad... I'm a gift from God, right? And I said, you sure are. He said, and, and Dad, God gave me to you, right? And I said, he sure did, son. He said, Dad, you know what? Before God gave me to you, I was waiting a long time. Oh, man. And I was just in, I was in absolute awe. Like, if anybody ever had a doubt that there's a power greater than themselves or a, a consciousness out there, that is just proof that there is something far beyond anything we can see running things. It's been a, been a great, you know, uh, responsibility raising a son as well as a daughter. My daughter was a bit of a different situation. So he's uh, soon to be 25. It's been a blessing and a challenge. And, you know, I, I keep looking for the direction guidebook for being a father and still haven't found it. I, I just, you know, run things by friends and, and, and watch how others are raising their, uh, their children and, and do the best I can and, and be real and, and admit my own faults and, and try to teach him lessons. You know, kids are watching. They are watching you. I am teaching my son how to treat a woman by how I treat his mother, how to treat a job by do I get up and go to work every day. And, uh, you know, you might not think your kids are, are listening or, or watching or catching on, but 
lo and behold, my son has repeated things that I thought that he never heard from me. And he's thanking me, dad, you, you know, thank you so much. You were, you were right. It's wow. awesome. It's awesome. I'm going to go back to something you had just mentioned. And that was when you make mistakes, you goof up. And over the years with your children small and now being adults, when you made mistakes or when you make mistakes, how do you deal with that with your children? In other words, mistakes with them. Whether I act irrational or maybe raise my voice or use my tongue inappropriately, I would, you know, I have to be humble enough to walk into my son's room and say, hey, son, you know, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you said it. And and the way I went about that was completely wrong. I meant what I said, but I did not handle that appropriately. Always admitting my fault and teaching him that it's okay to admit when you make mistakes and to learn from them. I have a funny story. I, I was working on a computer one time and I was having a hard time with a disk drive because long ago we had disks you had to put in computers. And oh, yeah. uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't working and I was trying to fix it and I got so mad at the computer. I basically ripped the disk drive out, threw it on the ground and proceeded to step on it. And at that time, William was about four years old. I looked at over and he was looking at me. I said, son, sometimes parents teach you what to do and some parents teach you what not to do. And that is something you don't want to do. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and he, he laughs about it now. You know what I mean? So like I said before, you got to be careful. Kids are always watching. They're watching and learning. He's growing up to be a good man. So I'm happy about that. There's something else that you mentioned I'm going to come back to. And that was uh, having a group of men support group in the sense of being able to bounce ideas off of them. Share about that. Well, I truly believe that we are tribal human beings and we're not meant to be alone. And, uh, you, you, they, you know, there's books that say you are the, the sum of the five people you hang around with most, and you don't want to be the smartest one in the room. <laughs> so over the last 30 years, I've uh, surrounded myself with, with some people that live amongst spiritual principles, and, and we meet on a weekly basis. We have a group text, and, and we're honest and open and raw with one another. If, if one of us is out of line, the other one will say, hey, man, what's, what's going on with you? We meet frequently, and, and all of us in the group are our fathers. It's been great to be able to bounce something off of others and get feedback and know that we all believe the same way, ultimately, that you know there is a power greater than ourselves, and, and we are not it. Exactly. When you meet or you when you're together with your support group, what I'm hearing is that that is very beneficial. It's great to bounce ideas off of. Maybe they've said, hey, I did that. That didn't work out well. But to a young father, instead of doing it alone, what would you encourage them to do? I'm talking about a young dad with children, let's say under eight. It's easiest to get advice from people that have gone through what you've gone through. Find a community group where there's Fathers with young kids or uh, other groups as such. I mean, I've luckily just kind of fell into that when I was young. Maybe church is a great way to to, uh, to connect with other people. There's other groups. Right. I want to talk about your daughter. And it's much different. I have a daughter. You have a daughter. The way I dealt with my daughter was a lot different than the way I dealt with my sons. Talk about your relationship with your daughter. 
it's way different than my son because I met a girl when I was about 17. She was a couple years older than me. And uh, six months later, uh, she was pregnant and we decided to have a child. And I turned 18 October 1st of 1984. My daughter was born December 3rd of that same year. And it just completely changed my life. And the sad thing is, is the mother and I just, we didn't stay together. The mother did her best to keep me away from from my daughter, and I did everything I can to could at that time to get my life together. Because prior to prior to 1988, I was was not living a, a really good life. I did the things I needed to do to change myself, and I took the necessary steps to find where my daughter was and uh, become part of her life again. And I got visitation rights, and I picked her up every other weekend for 15 years. And I had her every Wednesday night. And um, the wow. difference between <laughs> the difference between a, a, a son and a daughter, man, I can be firm with my boy, but man, my daughter's bottom lip starts to quiver, and I will give her whatever she needs. You know, she's yes. just she's always going to be my little princess, man. And and that girl now is uh, she's probably one of the strongest women uh, I know. She's going to be thirty eight years old. She's got five children Whoa. and uh, has has lived a, a tough life. They're challenged financially. They struggle mightily. As you can imagine, being that young and, and having five kids, my oldest grandson will be 18 this year, and the youngest one just turned two. Oh, uh, luckily, she's. they're all from the same man. They've been married uh, a long time, and I'm happy for that. What I've realized as a father, one of the greatest lessons that, you know, I had such high expectations for my little girl. The sad thing is, is that I was holding her accountable to those and she didn't even know what the expectations were. I remember walking up to her and apologizing and she said, what are you apologizing for? I said, I have put such high expectations to you uh, or on you that you could never live up to. That was wrong with me. I said, I love you for who you are. In spite of decisions you make, I might not approve of all of them, but baby girl, man, I'm here in case you fall. Wow. And it, uh, you know, um, a couple of years ago, we lost a baby. My daughter, uh, my daughter had a baby that, uh, that passed away in the middle of the night. Her name was Daisy Grace. And, uh, that's something you would never think you'd have to walk your daughter through. But I've, uh, I've been able to, to hold her hand through that. You know, what do you say to your baby girl that loses a child? You know what you tell them? You say, I love you. And I'm here. And it's been tough, you know, and she still struggles, but, uh, we're, we're getting through it, you know? And, and, and as that, as a result of that, she's now has an experience that possibly she can help another, another person walk through such a tragic thing. It is just so awful and so sad. And I'm sorry for your loss, Bill. A couple of things I'm hearing though is one is just being very supportive with your daughter and, Sounds like unconditional love, meaning that whatever it is, you just work on accepting it, which leads me to this question, Bill. When it comes to dating or your daughter's engaged and the son-in-law, share how you handle those types of situations. You know, I mean, my daughter's basically uh, been with the same man ever since she was young. And uh, 
I remember her meeting her first boyfriend and I, you know, and I waited, you know, told her she had to be 16 years old until she could date somebody. And she finally was 16. She was so excited to introduce me to her boyfriend. And I got out of my car. I was picking her up on a Friday night. Like I said, I picked her up every other weekend. And she said, hey, I want you to meet my boyfriend. And the kid just gave me the nod, the what's up. And I turned around and I walked, I turned around and I walked away. And I told my daughter, that is not a boy you want to date. I felt it was completely disrespectful. Now, she, she was a young girl, and that's not who she stayed with. And uh, trust me, there's, I, I, I don't approve of, I, I would have wanted different for my daughter and who she might have chose for, for a man. But guess what? I, it's not my show to run, man. There, there's God's in charge of that. And who am I to tell my daughter what's right and what's wrong for her? What I do, in spite of what I might think, I'm kind and courteous. Uh, you know, I try to look at people, men, her husband. If he knew better, he'd do better. And how can I be helpful? You know, save me from being angry. How can I be helpful to this man? Because lo and behold, he's the father of my five grandchildren. What good would it do to me to stand on some high moral ground and say, I disapprove of what you're doing or I don't like this and like that and just ruin an opportunity to be helpful or being an active member in my grandchildren's life. I'm careful. I'm really careful. Well, you know, Bill, if I, that answers the question. Yes, it does. And I just a quick experience on my end. Uh, I did not embrace my son-in-law at first. And I, this is um, what I've learned. Good friends, like you were saying, help me out. And one of the things that I learned real quick was, uh, the more I fought against the son-in-law, the more my daughter shut me out of her life. And what you said by being accepting, may not like it, but being accepting, and it, it allows you to be helpful. It really does allow you to be helpful and be involved, you know, in her life and she has twin girls and to be able to see our granddaughters. And so, you know, and I have a fairly good relationship now with my son-in-law. That acceptance is, in other words, this is who she chose. That's the way it is. Like it or don't like it. But if you don't like it, best to get over it quickly. Yeah, because as I've been taught, man, having a resentment against another person is like taking poison and waiting for them to die. You know, <laughs> waiting for them to die. It, it, the resentment is just horrible. So why... Why would I want to walk into that household just full of anger? I, I have to learn to let it go. And like I said, how can I be helpful? Maybe there's something I could do to to help this man become the best version of himself possible. You know, but yeah, if you choose your your ideals over your daughter's idea of of, uh, of who she chose to be married with. Sorry about that. I got a dog in the back. No worries. Um. If you, if, if I would have done that, Hold on, down, they're going to, I'm sorry, hang on, Bill. down, down. That was my dog. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It was a dog fest. <laughs> hey, Rocco, get down. I'm sorry, Bill. I Go ahead. I'm it's sorry. All, it's all good. No worries. Yeah. It's like, I've seen uh, examples, like let's say a, a woman was being abused by a man and another man stepped in and stopped the abuser. Pretty soon the woman's mad at the guy that stopped the abuse. You know, my, my daughter chose this, this individual 
like you said, acceptance is the key to that. Well, what I wanted to say is that the the friends I spoke to is a very it was a very pivotal time, and I was very close to really losing a relationship with my daughter and losing the opportunity to see my grandchildren and so forth. Bill and you were the you were the guy I got to talk to. Uh, must be about four or five years ago, and uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you. And you're absolutely correct. It is best to have some people that have experience and who, like you said earlier, may be smarter than you in in this area. Or, you know, so much of the experience, so that you don't make a decision that could ruin everything and cut you off from your kid for the rest of your life. So thank you, Bill. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I remember that time. I do. I do remember. And it's, it's my job to, to pay forward what others have taught me. You know, uh, I have a philosophy. My, my, you know, everybody's looking for a purpose in their life. And I've found my purpose is to inspire with my actions, encourage with my words and serve with love. And that's what I try to do on a daily basis. Bill, with that, I'm going to thank you so much for being on the special edition of Ion Princeton, where we focus on fathers. Hopefully, someone listening gained a lot out of it. Also, maybe share it, pass the episode on. There are other episodes with other fathers we have interviewed. Bill, thank you. God bless you. I really appreciate you being on. Mitchell, thank you, my friend. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be of service. And uh, I love you. I love you like a brother, and I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Eye on Princeton, a podcast focused on the happenings in Princeton, Texas. We always welcome your feedback, ideas, suggestions, comments, or questions by email to MitchellChase at MitchellMChase.com. Until next time, blessings to you and yours. Eye on Princeton is produced by Chase Productions. Copyright 2022.